listening to New England Public Radio News. I'm Susan Kaplan, and this is The Shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. Joining us today, Mike Dobbs from the Reminder Newspapers and Matt Sfransky of Western Mass Politics and Insight. Thanks to both of you for being here. Thank you. Massachusetts U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren, much in the media this week, including a long interview on Morning Edition today. But in a recent column, Mike, you say that her recent pit stop in Springfield wasn't enough. You do also acknowledge that many elected officials, like Ted Kennedy, also failed to spend much time in western Massachusetts. Why are you holding her to such a high standard, particularly now? Because I think that we need greater communications with elected officials uh, without the, the social media filter that is going on now, without the Facebook and Twitter filter. So uh, me being a geezer, I actually want content and substance. And there was an element of that there. But then when she ended it early in order to have selfies with everyone. Well, let me I was going to ask you a question about that, which is that in the column, you gave a shout out to Matt here on the subject of Senator Warren spending time at the end, apparently taking selfies with constituents. And here's a quote. If you don't mind, I'm going to quote from your own column. You say, my astute friend Matt's Fransky explained to me that in this digital age, this is something elected officials can do that constitutes a personal touch. And you add that you get it, but you just wish she had spent more time on the issues. Matt, Here's your chance to respond. Go for it. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I, I totally understand uh, where Mike is coming from, and I know better than to uh, disagree with him. However, <laughs> um, I, I, I would the only thing I would add is is that um, this kind Warren has had this type of event every year for the last few years, and this was the first time that it was in a town hall format. So while you know. I always would love to, you know, have more substance from questions uh, and people, and that that back and forth. Um, my understanding was these questions were not vetted, so anybody could have asked a question, um, and it was a change from previous years. So, could there be more? Absolutely, but in an argu- arguably, there was more than there was in the past. What do you think of that defense? <laughs> I I agree with him um, because previously the format of this event was people would line up and simply shake her hand and talk to her. And, and try to petition and lobby on, on some particular issue. So I thought this was fine. I just want more. That's all. That's just me. But did, I just I, want more content, I get more, it. more issues. <laughs> Is she neglecting the region? Not any more than anyone else. I mean, you know, how, do you want to count on one hand the number of times a senator comes out here to western Massachusetts for something? I mean, Seriously. Okay, well, let's move on. The Legislative Committee, considering a handful of changes to the new recreational marijuana law, held its first public hearing this week. Voters approved the law through a ballot initiative, and one issue is what kind of regulations cities and towns will have over pot shops. The law says they have to opt out if they don't want retail sales in their communities. Matt, which do you think is the most pressing of these legal wranglings? Well, I think the most important thing that municipalities can have in terms of uh, the pot shops is regulations over them that are there, not not the ability to say yes or no per se. Um, my understanding is the law says that you need to have a referendum in order to uh, ban 
uh, municipality or in order for a municipality to ban pot shops from being there. And that's one of the changes that municipalities are seeking. They want to be able to do it on their own. Um, I think that the fact that this kind of issue is getting a lot of attention is really more of a distraction because I think it is more important that municipalities know what tools they have about where and how long these places can be open for and who works there rather than arguing, well, we want to be able to ban them without the people saying so. That kind of seems like an end run around a ballot question. Mike, give me a Springfield scenario. Is there any chance the mayor and city council will try to opt out of retail pot sales in the city? And do you think that's a good idea? Uh, absolutely. Uh, at a uh, pr- uh, press event yesterday, Mayor Sarno reiterated his complete disapproval of recreational marijuana sales. And I think if there is an option for the mayor to exercise, we may see uh, the third largest city in, in, in the Commonwealth without recreational pot shops, if, if he has his way. He, has, he says he supports recreational marijuana but not, excuse me, medical marijuana, but not recreational marijuana. And will that be good? Will that be good for other communities, I guess, with Springfield residents going elsewhere? And it will be good for uh, street dealers illegally selling because now there will be a reason for people to use them. All right. Well, let's move now to a story that shocked us around the newsroom yesterday afternoon. UMass has had a bad run from firing basketball coach Derek Kellogg to news about a lawsuit against some of the coaching staff to hiring a new coach, Winthrop's Pat Kelsey. And then with the welcome party ready to start, Kelsey quits. Matt, you got something to say about UMass's current sports saga? Well, um, I got to say I'm not a huge follower of UMass sports in in general. Um, I do know that when you look at the list of highly paid public employees in almost any state, uh, coaches and other uh, uh, employees of the sports departments are often the highest paid. Um, I, I don't know exactly the relationship between that and potentially the cost of tuition, but uh, you know, when we have these kind of expensive contracts and we're struggling to keep tuition affordable for students, we have to start asking, you know, what are our priorities? Well, that brings up a good point, Mike. UMass yesterday said that Kelsey could owe UMass a million dollars for pulling out of his agreement. As of this taping, we we hadn't heard if they would try to collect. Do you think they should? Yeah, I think they should. Uh, (laughs) Listen, I I was gobsmacked when I learned that the UMass basketball coach is the highest paid state employee. Uh, Really? So when you think of all sorts of other people that are working for the for the public good of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, it's the guy leading the Minutemen to victory who gets the most dough. Uh, That is just completely um, that's bizarre a world, frankly, in, in my opinion. Do you think UMass should go after Kelsey's money, Matt? Uh, if they have the legal standing to do so, then absolutely. I mean, if there's, uh, you know, it, it's just, in my opinion, I mean, I imagine there's details of it in his contract, but it's a simple breach of contract. You pay somebody to do something and they don't do it. If you have an option to get it back, then by all means, this is America. You have a right to do it. Well, you guys are, are tough <laughs> on sports. I want to thank you, Matt Sfransky from Western Mass Politics and Insight, and Mike Dobbs, as always, from The Reminder. Thanks to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to The Shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. You can catch The Shortlist anytime by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or by going to nepr.net slash podcasts. I'm Susan Kaplan, and this is New England Public Radio. 